Welcome to Wisco Dice. I am your host, the Conesy with the Most, and I am joined by an illustriously amazing group of individuals. Who all do we have here today? Hey, it's Brian, sometimes Stark Raving Man. Hi, it's Justin, the Meeple's Champion. This is Suzanne. This is episode 102, 102 of the Wisco Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast. And today is December 6, 2022, and on today's episode, we'll take a big look back at our gaming and activities in 2022. We'll also catch up on the news in the world of Wisco Dice and tabletop gaming, but first, let's dive into the games we have been playing. Well, so our first game is Endless Winter Paleo-Americans. This is hot off the presses. A Kickstarter game that just, I think, probably pretty close to wrapped up all their distribution and stuff. And so it's available at retail now, finally. This is a game by the publisher Fantasia Games. And the designer Stan Kordonsky, who is the designer of Dice Hospital, Rurik, and Lockup, a role-player tale. Playtime is 60 to 120 minutes for one to four players. And in Endless Winter, uh, so this is a strategy game set in the Paleolithic time, and each player controls their own tribe. The game itself combines just a bunch of different mechanics all interact with each other. Uh, the primary way you take actions is with worker placement. You've got two workers and then a special chief worker who can get some special bonuses when he takes his action. You'll need to use cards from a deck that you have, a deck of your tribesmen, to provide labor to use those actions, as well as the resources that you've gathered during the game to, to pay for those actions. The deck is built from your these tribespeople cards, which basically all have sort of a, an action specialty where they're really good at, but they can kind of provide labor to any one of the given actions. And then there's culture cards, which are just like special bonus cards that you have the option to play in addition on your turn to just give you all kinds of different bonuses. In order to keep your resources and points coming in, you're going to need to control different areas of land with uh, your tribe's camps, which you'll eventually upgrade to villages. So there's some area control here. There's a set of uh, hex tiles of different landscape um, that you're going to be competing for with the other players. A bunch of other mechanics that <laughs> you'll have to check out yourself if you play this game. Uh, this game hits a lot of sweet spots for me. I like the way the game plays a lot. There's a bunch of different areas you can focus on each turn. You know, you don't need to pursue the same strategy every time. There seems like there's definitely different paths to victory. I like the art a lot. I think it's uh, uh, the Miko, right, who does the art for this. Uh, I like the Paleolithic, Paleolithic theme. I think the theme really comes through in the gameplay. You know, you're building your camps, you're hunting animals to get meat or whatever building these stone monoliths. So really, it, it, it works works the theme in well. I've had a chance to play this with both Suzanne and Ben, but in separate occasions. Do you guys have any thoughts on this one? I'll say I really enjoyed this game a lot more than I was expecting to. When I backed the Kickstarter, it was because, it's to me, it sounded like a game Ben would really enjoy. And so I'm like, oh, well, we'll get it then. I liked the artwork and 
just, you know, some of the other variety of ways you can score points in it was really appealing to me, and it still is. So, I mean, I've only played it like one, one and a half times, and I want to play it now with all the expansions in it and (laughs) just kind of dig into it and see what the, try different strategies to see, hey, if I focus on this more, if I focus on this more, how is it going to affect my game? Uh, So I'm really enjoy this game and I'm looking forward to playing it again. Yeah, uh, this was a really good game. I had a great time with the one play. What was it? Three players or we have full four? Yeah, we three played players. Three, three mm-hmm. players. So I played really well at three, which is not its max player count, which is nice uh, to see that kind of player the player count balance and it still plays uh, uh, very well across uh, all player counts, I, I think, uh, although still to be seen. The thing that I thought was really clever and well done is how it unifies multiple game mechanics, much like uh, another big, very popular game that came out the previous year in the form of Lost Ruins of Arnok, uh, which married, you know, a little worker placement, some deck building, and some resource management. Well, this marries, you know, worker placement and deck building and area majority and a number of other little mechanics that all of a sudden it could be a really hot mess but it's all feels like it's balanced pretty well and and that gives you some really interesting choices throughout the course of the game uh, i really like it i'm like suzanne and i'm sure you justin i'm excited to get this back to the table again in fact this very well might get to the table for our next game night that we host here at the old cone household <laughs> Uh, what's our next game we're talking about? Ah, so the next game is Ultimate Railroads, uh, which is a reprint of the very popular and very hard to get Russian Railroads, which is published by Z-Man Games here in the U.S. And Hans M. Gluck is the uh, actual uh, publisher that created the created both titles originally. So Ultimate Railroads. Uh, Depends on the variant that you're playing, but typically you can expect a gameplay to go from anywhere from 90 to 120 minutes. Plays one to four players. Most all of us have played it other than Brian. And Brian, I think this is a game you would actually really enjoy. It's a pretty straightforward, as far as what you do on your turn, it's a pretty straightforward worker placement game, but it's a bit of a point salad. And that point salad grows very slowly, like like a locomotive slowly gaining momentum as it goes down the the railroad tracks and that's that's exactly as this this game goes so based on player counts this is a six or a seven round game that's part of how it scales the uh, the length of their the number of turns is part of how it scales between uh player counts and during the turn you're gonna build tracks on one of three different tracks you're going to uh, build out a fa- you could potentially build out a factory you can uh, do a number of things um, get acquire additional locomotives all all these crazy things that you can do and all of it just like I said it achieves uh, a scoring engine that slowly you start to unlock more and more points and it's almost by the time you're into that third and the fourth turn you're like oh hey I'm scoring like 20 points a turn wow that's amazing and then you hit that that fifth or sixth or turn or maybe even that seventh turn and you're like, I got to whip out the calculator to figure out how many points I just scored. 
and it's really easy to miss, you know, <laughs> mess up your scoring because there's so many different ways to get points uh, by the time you start getting into those later rounds. But that said, it is one of my particular favorite games. I love having uh, the alt- the copy of Ultimate Railroads now, which, like I said, it's a reprint, but it's also a reprint with a number of expansions that were incredibly hard to get, particularly for us here in the U.S., so it includes the German railroads, the American railroads, and a brand new expansion, Asia railroads, that all use the Russian railroads mechanics. It's been retooled slightly for some balancing issues, and and then some of the colors of the track tokens, whatnot, have been updated to make it a little bit easier for people to grasp which tracks are moving and which ones they move next, and so on and so forth, just to make it a little more some little more straightforward but overall i think the the whole thing is very well put together it has its own little built-in storage trays in the box it's it's definitely not a cheap game but there is so much content in the game that if you like a worker placement and you like the core russian railroads game that you're going to get hours of additional gameplay because of all the expansions in this box I know, Suzanne, Justin, you guys have also played this game uh, and played, well, I don't think, Suzanne, you've played our copy of Ultimate Railroads yet, but you've played Russian Railroads before. Justin, I know you've played with this new copy, and you've actually, I think, got Asia Railroads to the to the table as well. What do you think of the this reprint of Russian Railroads? I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time with it. I think I played the original one a couple times. And then this one now once we played the Asian Railroads expansion and that one has maybe the the biggest change where in Russian Railroads, there is a track at the bottom of your player board where you build these factories, which is something you can do instead of building trains to kind of slowly build up an amount of points to get you some special um, bonuses. But in Asian Railroads, essentially there is a shared factory track that has its own board and everybody kind of progresses along this path through these different factories uh, together. And again, there's there's bonuses you can pick up. Uh, you can sort of invest in future factories, which can kind of pick you up like bonus actions a little bit. Uh, it's really neat. I, I really liked really liked the expansion. Uh, totally worth playing, yeah. Say so, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the expansions. With uh, Ultimate Railroads, I've played Russian Railroads, the base game, many times, many different player counts, and also on BGA. I do enjoy the game. One of the things I don't enjoy about it so much is that, the, as Ben was explaining, the points seem to, they kind of are, like have this snowball effect, right? So they start out small, and then you get more and more. Well, it can get very discouraging if you're not keeping up with everyone else's increase in points the same yeah Yeah. so for me i have learned to just try a new strategy every game and pick this is how i'm going to play and not worry so much if i'm going to win or not if i win it's an added bonus for me but i i still enjoy playing the game this that way and one thing that i thought was really nice when we were unpacking this is that it comes with its organizer it's not you know the most Sturdy organizer, I do need to probably glue it a little bit, but it's got this really nice organizer to keep things set up. That's one of the things I'm liking more and more with some of the new games we've been getting is that they are coming in such a way that you can pack them into the box efficiently and without a ton of plastic bags that you have to then dump out and sort out and everything. So 
a silly thing to really like about the game. <laughs> but right now, until I've played all the expansions, that's my favorite thing about this game. <laughs> you do comment on something that the last two times that, that uh, Ultimate Railroads has gotten to the table, and in both instances, it wasn't necessarily the game. I didn't ask for it to get to the table, and I think other people were excited to get it to the table because, oh, hey, look, I got this thing i want to play it and then we played base russian railroads and i've played base russian railroads i don't know 40 50 times now because it's implemented on board game arena and i have a tendency to keep playing games that i really like over and over and over and over a pretty significant amount of times on board game arena and so i've got kind of a couple of strategies that i use that are pretty productive and because i've seen the game and and kind of have have that i I feel like I could, was a little bit of a runaway winner in both both plays, but uh, and and I feel like that might be was a little discouraging to some of the people around it. It's one of the reasons I don't necessarily like getting Terra Mystica out to the table anymore because it while it's my favorite game, it's one of those games that it definitely this one in particular rewards experience with the game, and particularly if you understand how to really work the Russian railroads tracks and mechanics, you can really wrap your, your game engine scoring to get to that, you know, right at, right around that 400 point threshold, which is almost going to guarantee you a win. Now that said, I don't have experience playing really any of those other boards. So yes, I have Russian railroads play knowledge, but the other boards like the, the German or the, uh, uh, yeah, is it what German and and Asia and American railroads like those are going to be fun to explore and and learn and dive into and I'm looking forward to getting those to the table and I don't think you have to know the base game Russian railroads to appreciate uh, German railroads or American railroads. I, I think you can get those to the table and those could be somebody's first play. Look for that game to come back to the tabletop here at the Cone Home sometime soon, too, I think, on one of our game nights, because I really want to get it played some more, especially with those expansions. If you're interested in any of these games that we've talked about, head over to wiscodice.com for links to the games, as well as some pictures and whatnot. Uh, we're happy to put those up and make sure that you can find out more about these games, uh, because they're all awesome, and we think you should have an opportunity to play them. But next, let's talk a little bit about the news. So the news is going to be a new segment that we do on some of our episodes. And it's going to be something where we talk about things that we've had going on and it's the show, some announcements, events we're participating in, conventions we're going to be at, that kind of thing. But also, I think in future news episodes, you're, we're going to talk about some crowdfunding. We're going to talk about various other things that are going on in the gaming industry that we see going on. So hopefully this is something that help you keep informed about what's going on in tabletop gaming. It definitely helps keep us informed and lets you know about all sorts of things that you can do to try to interact with us. First on the list, Justin, if you want to tell us about that a little bit. Yes, yeah, so our next board game night at Misty Mountain Games is going to be December 30th. Uh, and then again on January 27th. So that's uh, Wisco Dice Board Game Night at Misty Mountain Games. Starts at 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. Yep, 6 till 9 or, you know, a little past that. You know, I think they, they kind of go till they're done. I've had a great time the past couple of times. 
and we hope to see some new faces. Love to see you yeah, guys there. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been a great time since we started this back in October, so keep doing it. So next up, uh, I'll be hosting a Batman miniature game tournament at Noble Knight Games on February 18th. If you're interested in the Batman miniature game, you have a crew, you're you're listening to this, we'd love to have you come out to Noble Knight Games on February 18th. All of the event pack and all of the information, how to register, get signed up for, list construction, all of that, will be posted in the show notes here as well as available on facebook talk i'll mention real quick here the midwinter gaming convention that's in milwaukee january 12th through 15th in 2023 i will be at that event running games on january 14th and hopefully i'll be able to sneak in on for the friday before to check out the convention a little bit so uh, if you're at the Midwinter Gaming Convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, love to see you. Come stop on by. Mention uh, uh, you can check out or if, uh, if there's availability availability in any of the games I'm running. Go ahead and jump on in and get one of those tickets. So we try try to make sure everybody playing in games I run at these conventions are a lot of fun for the people that are playing in them. With that said, let's make sure you check our show notes for details and links to all of these upcoming events and places where you can participate with stuff that Whisker Dice has got going on. But for now, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to have our friends from Sophisticated Cerberus Games back on the show for a quick interview. Find out what their they thought was important for 2022, what their recap looked like and then we'll dive into our recap after that with that let's go ahead and take a break and we're back and we've been joined by the sophisticated Cerberus games crew jeremy ethan and matt how are you guys doing it's been a little while since we talked good yeah really good welcome back to the show and i gotta say congratulations on an amazingly successful kickstarter i i don't know that when we talked to you last time that you had any thoughts of it being that successful but uh suzanne and i had a had a feeling this was going to be one that knocked it out of the park so well done i just can't express that's that's a real challenge to pull off particularly for your first thank you kickstarter so awesome What's next for the, for the Stifling Dark? What do you what's in the what's in the next things that you guys have going on with that? Yeah, so next we're going to be finishing up development on the stretch goals that we unlocked. So we've got kind of development and artwork um, up and uh, up until May, um, and then we're going to send all the files over to the manufacturer for them to actually actually produce it, and then we'll be working on um, shipping and getting it to everyone. Exciting course uh, hopefully all run smoothly but uh, i've been i've worked in manufacturing long enough to know how those things go sideways so everybody as much as we're excited to get our physical copies of this game just be patient for a little while but uh when you get it i guarantee you're gonna have a good time with it we try to add in a couple extra buffer months in our timeline just to be safe because yeah we all we back kickstarters we know that stuff happens shipping delays manufacturing delays covid all that stuff so we try to give a more conservative timeline than the goal is to beat it, but we'll we'll see how things go. So it's kind of like a game for you where you're going to win if you beat your timeline. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, so and lose the, if you're the behind. Game the game. <laughs> yep. 
There you go. Very cool. So what else are you uh, going to be working on next once this Kickstarter is completely shipped and in people's hands? Oh, yeah, we've got we've got some more games on the backlog that we're going to start developing. I know we definitely have expansions for the Stifling Dark in mind, but we want to get it in people's hands first. Uh, so we're probably going to work on another game idea we have. We've got like a big list, but I think we've got a current runner-up that we're not going to talk about yet. But uh, So we're, we're probably going to pour our efforts into that, going to more conventions, checking out other people's games as well. All that fun stuff. It'll definitely be probably similar in theme to the Stifling oh, Dark. Yeah. We didn't want to go too far out of you know what we're, what we're kind of known for at this point. But down the road, we might branch out. We can't tease that scoop out of you like uh, we did Keith when we <laughs> talked to him just a little bit ago. <laughs> oh, he just gave, he was just giving things up. So, yep. yeah, you had some really great ideas that I remember from our last conversation that I'm so I'm super excited to see what's coming up next. Yep. Absolutely. I've got my pick that you should be working on, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is our year end wrap up show. So. We've got a few questions we're going to go ahead and pose you and uh, see what you guys think uh, as far as uh, your answers to what our questions are that we will be answering in the main topic portion of this episode. So we're going to start with a really easy question. What was, the, what was your favorite game that you played in 2022? Yeah, so I I picked up a copy of uh, Raccoon Tycoon uh, at Gen Con this year, and I've been having a lot of fun playing it with uh, family and friends. So, yeah, that was that was a very good buy. I would highly recommend that game. It's fairly simple, but there's enough to it that you can uh, there's there's enough mechanics to play around with. I think for me, it'd have to be Dune Imperium. I've been enjoying a lot of that game. I I didn't realize how much fun it was, but so I, I definitely have plans to buy more. I've already bought, like, purchased the, uh, like, miniatures expansion with it because I just think it's cool and uh, loving the universe right now. I'm going to go with a game I actually just played, like, this weekend. Uh, so I actually haven't played a ton of games this year because of the whole Kickstarter thing, but uh, Tyrants of the Underdark. I haven't even heard of it, but it's from the same people that make uh, Lords of Waterdeep, which I really liked. And so one of my friends told me about this game. We played it last weekend, and it was super fun. So probably going to go pick that one up very shortly here. If I can find it. Nice. There's like a wide variety of games you guys have been playing that you are all interested in, uh, which is cool. So um, of those, I think I've only played Raccoon Tycoon. So I'll have to check the other ones out. See, I just played Dune Imperium this past weekend. So yeah. (laughs) Nice. I've only got the... My Dune experience is just the most recent movie. So... It's on the bucket list. I need to read the book. I feel like I lose a little nerd cred admitting that I haven't read the actual book yet. That game was great. Raccoon Tycoon, yep, we've played. And Tyrants of the Underdark is definitely on my list of things to give it a go. I think I know somebody that's got a copy. I just got to sweet talk them to get it to the table. We'll just have to invite them over and ply them with some barbecue that you make. Looking back in 2022, what was the coolest gaming-related thing you did this past year? I'll start this one. I got a board game table. So uh, for me, that was the the highlight of my year because I ordered it like a year ago or so. And I finally got to set it up and play on it. And it's great. What what table was that? Uh, it's, it's one from Uniquely Geek. 
Oh. So it's got like drawers, little drawers and stuff in there, which is really nice when you're playing like RPGs and stuff. You can just store your stuff in between sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the standard inset like you see on most gaming tables and tabletop, et cetera. So big fan of having a dedicated space. I don't want to clean off the kitchen table every time I want to play a game. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I, we were. that was one of the tables we were considering when we just got our Geek and Son. Nice. I forgot the cup holders, Matt. It's got a little cup holder. So oh, yeah, yeah. Move right. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit and say not because of the Kickstarter, because obviously that's probably the coolest gaming thing I've done this year, but I'd say going to Gen Con, uh, that's been on my bucket list for a while. So even though it was technically for the Kickstarter, like I still we still have time to go around and check other games out, see meet other designers and stuff. So even if it wasn't for the Kickstarter, I think that was super cool to be able to go there and just see all the games that were there. It was ridiculous because uh, we... Our first convention, at least mine, was uh, Protospiel, which is like a very small local developer meetup. And then we went to a local one called Con of the North, which is like, I think, 1,000 or 2,000 people. And so we, we slowly worked our way up then to Origins, and then Gen Con was just like the mothership. And so we'll see if we can get to PAX and Spiel and some of the other big ones. Uh, but Gen Con was amazing. So we'll, we'll be back again next year, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much uh, a very similar thing. I had never really been to a convention before. I, you know, I think probably like a lot of people, I, you know, I played a lot of games like um, with friends um, back in college. We, you know, procrastinated a lot. Yeah, this is the first time that I ever really was around um, so many different people and so many gamers. It was really crazy. And yeah, especially meeting a lot of the people that, we've seen in the community and we've like heard about but actually getting to like meet them it was just a wild experience no the conventions are definitely a big big thing and yeah if you haven't had an opportunity to go to gen con in particular i don't know if i'd recommend that to be anyone's first convention but it is definitely something that if you're in tabletop gaming of any level you definitely should go to uh, and experience and enjoy and don't overbook yourself because that's very easy to do and then you'll regret it later. So yeah. how would how would you sum up your 2022 in gaming really? How how would you sum up that the the, the this past year? Say so it was a very uh, much a learning year. Uh, just because we learned so much about Kickstarter, the industry, development, that sort of stuff. In terms of like playing games, it was probably the least amount of games I've played in a while, uh, just because we were so tied up with all the, the Kickstarter stuff. But I think overall, I'd say it was just, yeah, very much a, a learning year um, and kind of like establishing ourselves as a company. So I think years going forward, we'll continue kind of growing that base. And like Matt mentioned, uh, we're, we're going to tease, we're not going to tease, or I guess we are because we're not telling you what it is, but yeah, uh, like to start <laughs> once, now first off, we have to finish the cycling dark. That's our number one priority. But then once that's sent to the manufacturer, uh, if we've got our fulfillment plans lined up, then it's kind of like, okay, what's next? How do we start working on the next big thing for the sophisticated Cerberus? So looking forward to 2023. Ethan, you're up. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was just going to say it's, um, yeah, busy, <laughs> very busy, but in a good way. And yeah, mostly mostly filled with, um, you know, playing with people um, online and stuff, which is another fairly new experience for me. I hadn't really played a lot of board games online, but a lot of that. And um, yeah, and I, I was I was glad that I was able to um, get a couple, uh, pick up a couple games at conventions that I might not have uh, otherwise seen or, um, or noticed. So that was cool too. 
Yeah, I'd have to agree in terms for just gaming in general this year. It's been it's been a very busy year and lots of different experiences, you know, going to two cons in a year. Well, two, or two big cons, I should say. We've gone to more than that this year. But um, so just it, it's been great being surrounded by games. I've also played a lot. Um, I always find a way to play more. <laughs> Stay up till midnight on weeknights, you know, make make bad choices, but it's been good. So, yeah, I would say that's a that's the wrap of the year for me for games. Well, you guys have had a very busy 2022 it sounds like but you guys all seem very happy and positive about that so what was the biggest surprise you experienced in 2022 related to gaming hmm i think i would say just we interacted a lot more with the community this year than we have in the past Um, and especially for me personally too Uh, and i would say it was really refreshing to see how uh, kind and welcoming the community is, um, especially to like new designers like us. Um, everyone, we we really had a lot of um, really helpful comments and really um, really kind words from people. Um, and so I, yeah, I would say probably that was was probably the biggest thing for me. This is, a, this is a tough one. Jeremy, if you've got one ready, I'm still like debating three I'm options. Just, if you... I'm sitting here thinking that I'm glad I'm last. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, this one's tough. But I, I think I think for me, aside from like the, the Kickstarter and how well we did there, um, being a pleasant surprise, um, but like a less related to that, just the people you meet at conventions like you'll just meet designers and people that have been in this industry for a long time and they'll just talk to you you wouldn't realize it's them at first sometimes if like you aren't used to seeing their face but just their name and you're like holy cow (laughs) this is cool so i I guess that's probably mine and i still have you installed long enough matt (laughs) i think uh, mm. (laughs) yeah can you get some props or something yeah biggest surprise i'm trying to think like I'm trying to not give another like Kickstarter related answer to to switch it up a little bit. I think maybe more so like industry related, like some of those things that have happened when it comes to like Kickstarter games and like you've got Backerkit launching crowdfunding now. You've got um, there's been some drama with like people funding and then not like canceling the campaign if they fund. It's like I would say was that one of yours, Matt? <laughs> you just brought up a good point. I forgot about yeah. Yeah. So I think. More so, like just industry when it comes to Kickstarter and crowdfunding, I think there's been a lot of surprises and developments there to the point where now there's like the um, which just came out like right around the time you were launching, so we didn't have time to like adopt this. But there was like a publisher pledge, I think it was called, or something that some publishers are doing now, where it's like we're only going to use our, our money for the campaign until it's delivered, we're only get, we're not gonna like cancel if we fund. Like, there's a list of promises they're making, and I think that's been a good like show of faith to the community. like maybe realize that things are happening people are starting to lose faith in some stuff and so that publisher promise i think is really interesting that companies are doing that so not specifically for us but just in general there's been a lot of developments which i guess it's never a slow crowdfunding is never a slow thing um but i'd say that was kind of my my biggest gaming surprise this year yeah you know that's a, a big topic i've been fortunate i think suzanne and i have both been fortunate enough to have all of our projects, I think, are all on track for successful delivery that we've backed. We've we've never backed a project and not gotten delivery. So you just jinxed us, jinxed us yeah. now, though. It won't probably, be honest, don't worry. Probably, <laughs> but I think I think it goes a lot for the community to hear that as well as that 
uh, it's you hear a lot of noise about uh, the this project or two or whatever that that fails and doesn't deliver or or uh, somewhere along the time after they've collected your money. For every one of those, there's probably a hundred games or two hundred games or something that, or or even more, uh, hundreds of projects on Kickstarter and other crowdfunding platforms that are successful that people get their product. Sometimes it's late. Sometimes there's a little drama. Especially the last two or three years, there's been a lot of drama because COVID and and pandemic and a global pandemic has made things go sideways. But you know, just be you know the best thing we can say is be patient with with these publishers. They're all way smaller companies than you ever could conceive of. And the more we talk to publishers, the more we realize it as well. I say that. This this trio we're talking to right now, this is one of the biggest publishing companies we've talked to, and we've that that includes companies like Thunderworks Games, who everybody you know at least if we're in, uh, you know most people have heard of cartographers or role players if they're in this industry for uh, a while, and and so I, uh, but there are a number of other companies that are very large publishers that are still one person shops really, so or maybe two or three people shops. Yeah, a lot of them are gamers too, right? Like that's where we all started as we were gamers. And so we wanted to, we love playing games. We played games all of our lives. And so it's really close to home for a lot of folks. And so they're not, nobody's, I hope not, at least intentionally trying to like delay their Kickstarter, whatever they're doing the best they can. And like you mentioned, the pandemic was huge. Like who could have foreseen that shipping costs were going to quadruple or five or six X times what they were supposed to be. So lots of uh, interesting dynamics over the past couple of years. And so hopefully now things are going back to normal a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we're all, all the publishers we've met are all like, that's where they started. They just love playing games and want to make their own. And so we're, it's not like we're some crazy corporation, like eat some money hungry. Like it's just three yeah. dudes that three friends that started to, that want to make their own game. So I think that's the same story for a lot of other publishers too. Yeah. I guess that's like almost a silver lining too, to like the, the people staying indoors more due to COVID and whatnot is people are like, well, I don't want to sit and watch TV all day. So what else can we do? And we kind of have this board game renaissance happening of just so many new innovative ideas which is really great to see people getting away from the tv but also just so many fun ideas coming out of small publishers um is just so great because uh, there's a lot of good ideas out there and uh, it's dangerous for my wallet on kickstarter <laughs> <laughs> and the funding to get those projects off the ground is much easier to attain i've got to imagine if you go back to pre-kickstarter days when you actually had to wrangle the funding either out of your own personal bank account or go pay, how do you explain yeah. how, the stifling dark to a bank to get <laughs> funding to go get it manufactured? And, you know, I can just imagine that conversation with some banker. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, what are you guys looking forward to in 2023? What What's on the roadmap? What's coming? Whether it's something you guys are working on, I don't want to pry too much because I know there's secrets you can't tell us about. But is there maybe a game that uh, that somebody else is publishing that you're excited for, or what is what is it? What are you guys excited for in 2023? Well, I I know I'm excited to get my copy of Distilled from Dave, since <laughs> that's going on the boat soon. So I'm I'm looking forward to have many a nights playing that. Um, I really like games that are about making beer or other spirits. Um, so I'm I'm very pumped with that one myself. You only have like six of those games at least right now, I think. 
<laughs> and you stole mine, by the way. Uh, I figured you're going to take that one. Wait, which one? Distill. Oh, like your idea. I see. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was me, my my thing. So I'll second distill because uh, Dave is awesome. But uh, I think there's some other ones too. I backed. So I've got Hamlet on the way, and Earth are two that I'm really excited for. So I, I talked to Matt into getting Hamlet. So I that one's another donkey. Yeah, donkey bulls, and just that Kickstarter page is really well done. So so good. We've got that coming, um, and I think again, just going back to more conventions. So, got some new games coming, um, and then got some more conventions coming. So, just getting back into the swing of things. We took what Gen Con is in August, so we've had like I don't know we had two D Con later in the month or in early September, whatever that was. But we've had a couple months off of uh, conventions now, which is nice to kind of like relax a little bit. But come January, we've got one. Then February, then June, then August, yep. and so we're we're booking up again for next year. So. It's nice to have a little break before we hit the campaign circuit again. So I think a couple of Kickstarter games I've got coming early in the year and then more conventions next year is what I'm excited for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I ordered a copy of the uh, Trailblazers and that one I'm pretty excited about as well. I think Matt might have got one too. Oh, you bet I did. But yeah, yeah, that one looked cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Protospiel, I, that was the first convention that I've ever been to and we went to as a company and I'm really excited to go, um, to go back to that one and get to see all the designers again. Yes. I'll say they do have a Protospiel here in Madison that I have not been able to make it to. I've been trying every year and something, something comes up (laughs) that has to take precedence, but it looks like it's a real, that they're fun conventions to just meet with people and see what's going on and get in on the developing, um, seeing how the games are developing. So yeah, it was this past weekend, I think, wasn't it? It Yeah, I think so. Yep. And I forget what we were. Thought Dave posting about it. Yep, exactly. Dave was there with, I think he had had Luthier, Luthier, I think. Yep. Yeah. I haven't played it yet. But I will very soon. So, yeah, I got to just block off the time next year. Nothing can stand in the way of going, I guess. Uh, So you guys, you three have seemed very excited about the conventions. And we, when we did briefly see you at the convention, you had a really cool booth and everything. And uh, lots of people were around, so we didn't get to meet you then. But if we have listeners who are wanting to meet you in person, what upcoming conventions can they expect to see you at? Yeah, we've got uh, Protospiel MN, which is in Bloomington in January. January, let me check the dates. Uh, That's right. 20th through the 22nd, I think, is when that one is. And then we have, so that one's a much smaller, like, mini designer or developer group, but, like, anyone's welcome to come and play test as well. So there's that one in January, and then we have Con of the North, which is in Plymouth, Minnesota. That is February 17th to the 19th. We'll also be at Origins from June 21st through the 25th. And then Gen Con, August 3rd through the 6th. Those are the ones that we're confirmed for. Uh, there may be a few more thrown in there somewhere. Like we'll probably go back to 2D Con, which is in Minneapolis uh, in late August next year. Um, so mostly local uh, like conventions, and then we'll hit up Origins of Gen Con. And people keep asking us about packs. Uh, it's a long drive for us, and we Very typically fun. drive because we have a bunch of stuff to bring with us. So, not sure on that one yet. We'd love to go there, uh, but we have not committed to that one yet. Yeah. yeah. I'll say that's even a long drive for us, and we're four hours closer than you guys are. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I get hard. that. And, hey, you know, 
if people want to come and see beautiful Minnesota, they can come to some of these smaller local two conventions too. There's, yeah. there's stuff to do. There's what? 10,000 lakes to visit. And <laughs> yeah, I will use 10,000 lakes. At least I, there's an airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's pretty big airport. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess we have an airport here in Madison, but it's tiny and it's pretty hard to get flights to. So. Yeah. And but it yeah, just was rated underwater. one of the most expensive ones. One of the most expensive airports in the United States is in Madison, I guess. Oh, nice. <laughs> At least Chicago's not terribly far away. Yeah. Our final question. How can people who miss the Kickstarter uh, get a chance to still support the project or get a copy of, of the Stifling Dark? Yeah. yeah, so we do have a... Um, we have our late pledges uh, store open now. So you can find that. There's links to it um, both on our uh, webpage and on the Kickstarter page, the Stifling Dark Kickstarter. So we got big uh, big links there so you can pick up another copy Yeah, at the uh, Late Pledge store. So if you weren't day one backers like Suzanne and I were, then you can still hop over there and get yourself a copy of this this game and and then make sure that when you get a copy and you get it at home and you're playing with your friends, you turn down the lights, you put the creepy music on, and you get ready to have somebody uh, almost uh, uh, scream or or get terrified or or at least get really surprised when you reveal where you were on the board in relationship to them at some you know when you're done playing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I should. Of... Oh, go ahead, Matt. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, I was going to say, speaking of creepy music, we're very excited to have Tim from Tabletop Audio making a playlist for us. Uh, we're going to have five 10 minute tracks for the Stifling Dark. So we're very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Even better. That is. Even better. Yes, because Conzie loves having music while we're playing games and tries to make it thematic. So if it's something already set up, hey, then we can play the game that much quicker, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spend 30 minutes trying to find the right track to play a, an hour long game. <laughs> yes. Or having to stop because you realize it's really not what you were expecting and maybe not appropriate for the group that's with that you're playing with. So mm-hmm. usually what happens is that after the song I picked plays and it gets done, or the playlist that I picked plays and gets done, then it decides to hop over to whatever random stuff that was related to it that the YouTube algorithm thinks is good. And then somebody's like, ooh, this is a good song. And I'm like, oh, I didn't pick it. It's on random. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I've had many uh, Dungeons & Dragons sessions that have uh, ended up with that same problem. The worst is I'm remembering to switch to the battle music when I need to. Yeah. <laughs> <Important>. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I did want to add, though, as for um, finding the Stifling Dark, people can still play it for free right now on Tabletop Simulator, Tabletop Playground. And I think we're working on Tabletopia, but I don't know if that one's up yet. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, we're, yeah we're trying to get the flashlights to work because the yeah. like TTS and Tabletop Playground have like a lot of extra stuff because they're paid applications, obviously. And so yeah. um, we're trying to get the flashlights to work properly. That was our biggest challenge because Tabletopia supports like the hidden movement aspect uh, and stuff like that, but and custom rotation. Uh, but the flashlight just overall functioning wasn't up, like working the way we wanted it to. So working with the Tabletopia team to get that uh, up and live because we did really want to have a free option as well for people that don't want to buy TTS or Tabletop Playground. That way, they can just play it for free whenever they want as well. 
is always much appreciated. Uh, when we went into our pandemic gaming, that's the the first thing we thought of ourselves was how do we how do we make that free for our friends who are are going to be casual gamers with us playing online. So very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. All right, is there anything else you guys want to add or make sure that that we talk about before we uh, wrap this thing up? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I have quite anything else to add, honestly. I think we got all the plugs, but I'll I'll repeat it one more time that if you're interested in late backing or late supporting the Stifling Dark, uh, you can find all the links to that in the show notes for this episode, or you can just head over, head right on over to uh, their website, and you'll get all the information there. And and your website is just for the people that are listening. Of course, we'll have it in the show notes too. SophisticatedCerberus.com. It's it's long, so mm-hmm. <laughs> better off clicking in the notes probably so you spell it right. <laughs> yep. And you can get that at whiskodice.com. So with that, thank you guys so much for joining us again today. It's it's as always a pleasure. We look forward to catching up with you again sometime soon. Hopefully we'll be able to scoop some new news when we get there and uh, uh, find out what else you have cooking uh, as far as new games down the pipe. So like I said, it's always a pleasure. And thank you guys so much for doing everything you did uh, getting that great and amazing kickstarter out there and we look forward to actually getting a copy in our hands and getting a chance to play thank you. absolutely yeah thank you guys so much yep, it's good talking to you again yes. all right with that we'll go ahead and take a break and when we get come back we'll find out what the rest of the hosts have in store for what how they sum up their 22 Hey folks, this is the Conzie of the Most. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about Misty Mountain Games here in Madison, Wisconsin, where you can find CCGs, RPGs, board games, minis, paint and hobby supplies for your all of your tabletop gaming experience and needs. If you can't find it online, give them a phone call or swing on by their brick-and-mortar store uh, here on the east side of Madison. Don't worry, that is MistyMountainGames.com. Check them out today. And we're back. Unlike a lot of shows, we do kind of our year-end wrap-up here at the tail end of December so that we can hit the next year running right away, first episode. We can just focus on the new 2023, and and just like all of those new board games and new shiny miniatures, we want we will focus in on the new. But it's always good to take, a time, take the time to look back and smile about the good times question why maybe we had a bad time with a game or something and uh uh you know use that energy to charge us up for the next year so with that let's talk i think first the first thing we want to talk about is what was the best new game that we played in 2022 now this could be this just had to be a new game to us it could have been released in 2022 2023 didn't matter well, I guess it couldn't have been released in 2023. That hasn't happened yet. We don't have time machines yet. But it could be when it could have been released 40 years ago. It just was new to us. So I'm going to start with a game that uh, is absolutely for me the best new board game that I played, and that is Ark Nova 
from Capstone Games. There's just something so fulfilling about this game, in my opinion. It scratches so many itches. It's so enjoyable. Building out that zoo that you're building, doing the conservation projects. Like, it just... it. For me, it's a feel-good game, and I really enjoy Ark Nova. We have a review up on, I believe, up on the blog. Yeah, it's it's a great game. I, I absolutely, for me, probably the best, my favorite game of the year. Ark Nova was a great game, but it was probably in my top ten. My favorite game was Planet Unknown by Adam's Apple Games. So this is one that I had been following closely through their whole Kickstarter campaign, reading everything about it, which I normally don't do with Kickstarter campaigns. But I was very into this game. They had some free trials of it on Silverantini. I was playing all that, got into the solo mode on this game, which I do need to play in person. I don't know, this game for me just... It, it's a lot of the things I enjoy when I'm playing with a group of people. It's, you know, there's simultaneous play with it. It's got a cool little Lazy Susan. You can kind of puzzle things out on your own map. But what other people are doing do have a little bit of impact on you. It was just, you know, there's asymmetrical maps with it. So you can change up the difficulty. And if you're playing with someone who's brand new and you've played it, a bunch of times you can take a more difficult map and give them the beginner map and it kind of evens it out. So I will say Planet Unknown was my favorite game of 2022. I might have a little bit of recency bias here, but my favorite new game I've played is uh, Headless Winter. I, you know, I talked about it at the top. Uh, I've gotten two plays in now. I'm definitely going to be looking for more. I think... <laughs> kind of like Suzanne said, it just hits my sweet spots. Uh, one thing I didn't mention that, that Suzanne kind of brought up about Russian Railroads, uh, I'm a sucker for a good insert in a board game too, and and the one in Endless Wonder is beautiful. Like it's it's like the game tray style plastic uh, containers with lids. Everything has its own little slot. It's really well organized and there's a lot of components to the game so it's nice to have something that really makes it easy to pull out and get going components of the game are excellent we'll see if it has staying power into the next year but right now that's that's the one i'm enjoying the most i'm just gonna put in there that endless winter was my number two i was trying to decide if it was a my favorite game or not too it is a lot of fun yeah arc Ar- nova and planet unknown are definitely both you know games i thought about too i mean those are there's some of the most fun games i played i mean arc nova i think is maybe the better game when compared to Endless Winter. Uh, but I don't know. I There's something I like about Endless Winter a little bit more. So. <laughs> Endless Winter is a little shorter than Ark Nova. Yeah. Too. So for replayability for me, you know, Planet Unknown is the shortest of the three. <laughs> so that one is the easiest one to try to just get out and play through no matter how much time you have. Not trying to make push anyone to, you know, decide that Planet Unknown's better. <laughs> the, I, as far as I'm concerned, these are all three are really good games, and I'm really glad I got a chance to play all of them. I would say of the three, Endless Winter is the game I have played the least with only one play, and I just had a hard time trying to say that that was my favorite game of the year off of just one play. I, it needs to hit the table more for me. 
before I could make that conclusion. But let's dive into our next topic, which is what was the least favorite game we played? Now, last year, I was the only person to try to tackle this this particular type of question. So I'm glad that this year I am joined by someone else having an opinion of the worst game that they played. And this by, own, by no means makes this game bad. It just wasn't good, a, a great experience for that particular play. And I'm going to call out Gravwell 2nd Edition from Renegade Game Studios for this one. Suzanne and I had played it earlier in the year just as a two-player, and it seemed like it had a lot of fun with its push-and-pull mechanic. But we set it up and played it, I think, as a five or maybe even a six-player six game. And there was a five-player game, I think, and it was misbalanced. It felt misbalanced. It didn't it didn't have the interaction we thought that it was going to have. It felt like it drawed on forever. I just, it lost any luster it had at being what would, what should have been a potentially silly, fun game about people pushing and pulling each other uh, in ridiculous directions, trying to use gravity to get themselves to win the race. But uh, hey, that was my worst experience. I just, like I said, not a bad game. I think there's a lot of love out there for this game. I definitely will play it again, uh, but it was definitely not my, it was probably the least favorite play of all of the games I played this year. And by no means was it a play that I was like, I want to abandon this game for my collection. I have to say, I enjoy this game at the two-player count. It was a lot of silly fun then, so but I do understand what Ben's saying with it at the larger player count. The game definitely changed. So my least favorite game, it's a good game. A lot of people like it, but it's the crew quest for Planet Nine. I do not care for trick-taking games. I do not care for trying to, like, read other people's minds. Those are not for me. We got this game. It's a, you have to have, what, a minimum of three players. My daughter, when she's home, she does enjoy card games, and she really enjoyed this game, and she played it with us for quite a while. So that was the good memory portion of it and why I don't want to get rid of it, and I will definitely play it again with her. But for me, if people are bringing it out on a game night saying, hey, we're going to play it, I will volunteer to sit out. So that was my least favorite game. But let's go back to something more positive. What's your favorite hobby project, Ben? Hobby projects. I'll say that the favorite hobby project that I had this year was 3D printing that massive mansion that I that we used uh, for the Batman miniature game. I'll probably use it for some Crisis Protocol games, but it can really sub into anytime you need a cool kind of gothic-looking mansion to sit at the edge of your three by three table. That is, it's just it was so huge, and and being able to take it to Noble Knight. For not only the the long Halloween that Batman tournament that I ran, but also take it for I don't know what 25th anniversary or uh, whatever it was that they had this year, and I ran demos of the Batman miniature game with that sitting on the side with a bunch of miniatures all 
uh, all around it and whatnot, and the amount of people that walked up and looked like it was the, it was probably the that my little demo table that was kind of smacked in the middle of the the room, and I think was the afterthought to everybody was that mansion and that project just got so much attention. It was probably the talk of that day. So that just kind of made made my day in that project. Like I said, that project was project of love and the largest 3d printing project i've t- I've done to date i really hope to n- maybe never do another 3d printing project that's that huge to be honest but hey that's my favorite hey i can jump in now because i can have a favorite hobby project of this year <laughs> um, i actually was a little disappointed looking back at my 2022 hobby i thought i got a lot more done than i did but I still had a fair amount done. It was mostly Batman stuff. I almost thought it would have my favorite would have been completing my kind of initial league crew, but I had actually finished it up last year. So I ended up picking finishing out the remainder of my league models I owned. So like Rayshawl and uh, Ubu and uh, like whatever uh, Robin and Goliath and all those models, and also I guess my Deadshot model that I added to my crew. I really like painting those guys up. Paint a lot of other. Batman stuff this year too, especially for the Soldiers Fortune crew, but I think I just put a lot more care into my league models and enjoyed painting them and like how they turned out quite a bit more. So that was my favorite one. If you listen to our previous episode one oh one about the Renegade, I had another hobby project going that probably would have made it as my favorite, but since I didn't finish it, that'll just have to wait for next year maybe. We'll see if I can get the Tumblr and display board done sometime soon and maybe it'll make the list next time well so while Conzie and brian have been having fun with batman projects even though i've been doing some this year my favorite hobby project this year was building the malifaux models they were just like these tiny little 3d puzzles that i had so much fun building once i kind of got the hang of it and figured it out so we'll see this next year in 2023 if I feel I have fun painting them or not but building them is a blast for me so Justin what have you enjoyed doing hobby wise well I'm not nearly as prolific a hobby person as you guys just a couple that I've worked on throughout the year I think my favorite the one I'm most proud of is the second miniature I painted for Koth my uh, character in our D&D campaign this was mini that I kind of customized by taking off parts from a couple other different miniatures from dwarves uh, so that he could have a shield and a hammer instead of, uh, I think it you know it was like a half-orc barbarian that it started as, and I took his axe off and gave him a hammer instead. Yeah, I just put a lot of effort into it and turned out really, really good as far as I'm concerned, just because that is something we do regularly. And I get to use that many. That's definitely the one I'm. I'm. This is my favorite. We're going to be looking at our favorite gaming memory next. So this is just any any gaming memory throughout the year. You know, what's the thing that really sticks in your mind, Ben? I think the thing that sticks most in my mind, and I really thought hard about this because there were a lot of great gaming memories. Uh, conventions that i attended friends game nights stuff with the podcast and various other things but i think the thing that 
I was probably most pleased with the the happiest the, the the thing that really stands out in my mind is the long halloween that batman miniature game tournament that i ran at the end of october first time a batman tournament has happened in the madison area yeah since post-covid as far as i'm aware the second time ever a batman miniature game tournament has ever been held in the madison uh, madison area and would be now the largest Batman miniature game tournament. So we had a an excellent turnout. Um, I actually was a little worried at the uh, getting closer and closer to the day that we would somehow either cap out on space and I'd have to turn people away or I'd have to start coming up with terrain for tables that I didn't have terrain for. So I, I was rapidly trying to figure out how I could make either of those scenarios work. But uh, fortunately, it worked out well with the headcounts. And uh, I mean, I, as a tournament, as a tournament organizer, as a person that didn't get to play a single game that entire day, I, it, just being able to play host to everyone from out of town and making sure that they all had a good time, and seeing everybody just have fun and and laughing and and really, you know, into this game that I'm very passionate about right now was just awesome. That's absolutely my favorite memory from this year was running that tournament that was a fun time my favorite gaming memory is slightly different about a year ago maybe not i don't remember exactly how long ago it was but ben and i gave our nieces the game dragomino by blue orange games so it is the kid-friendly version of king domino which we do enjoy playing and I hadn't heard that much about it. I knew that, you know, the general idea of what it was. I thought the box art was really cute. So it was one of two games we gave them. Not knowing how much they were going to enjoy it or not, it was a bit of a gamble. They loved the game. They were playing it, I guess, nonstop, taking it everywhere they went. They are still taking it whenever they go to visit relatives you know, over a year later, and on Thanksgiving at my parents' house, I was finally able to play it with them for the first time. And so my nieces, who are quite young, were teaching me how to play this game. They had grasped all the rules. They could explain it. They had their own little strategies down. It was really fun to see them counting how many dragon eggs were there, and trying to figure out the probability if it was better to take, you know, a certain color egg versus a different one. And what dominoes hadn't come out yet. So they were really into this game. And it was just fun to see that. And fun to play it with them. And that would be my favorite gaming memory of 2022. Sounds like you got some new board gamers in the making there. <laughs> we're we're going to be working on them, I think. I had to kind of look back all the way to the beginning of the year and think about sort of some of my favorite moments. It's hard to beat Cabin Con. Cabin Con is an event that uh, Ben and I attend that's put on by a couple of friends of ours, and it's just a three- or four-day board game extravaganza. There's 20, 25 people that, that come, and we just play board games, you know, morning to night, and to morning again you know sometimes you don't sleep and that's just always 
awesome. It's it's really hard to beat that. But I also wanted to throw in my time at Gamehole Con this year. I had a lot of fun. A friend of mine was able to come up and play True Dungeon with us, and we got to play some board games with him. Uh, so that was really awesome. So that's kind of my my two for the year. Kevin Con and Gamehole Con this year. Yeah, so coming back to me, there's going to be kind of a trend, I think, for my last few topics. Uh, I ended up picking Adepticon this year. It was the first time I finally played like a Batman tournament there. And I don't know, I feel like it just kind of set off a trend for the rest of my year. Um, wanting to go to a lot of these Batman tournaments. I ended up having pretty good games at Adepticon too, so that probably helped. And then also filling that out, there was like a pretty hefty prize pool and I managed to like collect nearly everything for the Soldiers of Fortune crew, which was whatever, pretty bribery to make me select it as one of my best kind of experiences of the year, looking back on it. So yeah, looking forward to do that some more. Yeah, no, Adepticon was a great time and uh, just managed to eke out a better record than me at that Adepticon too, you slippery eel, so... <laughs> that was that was uh, probably another another point why you were all chipper, haha. So I think I, I think I got the last laugh at Batman tournaments though this year. So yeah, I think you have the majority too. <laughs> so that said, watch out for this guy on the Batman circuit. He is coming for you. I think he's. Uh, by far a far more methodical and better player than I am. All right. So with that, how would you sum up your 2022 and gaming? This is really thinking back and looking at all of those different activities you did. What, what do you, what do you think about it? What do you, what, how do you feel 2022 went and how do you sum it up? Oh, we're going to start with me, and we're probably going to start on the lowest note of everyone's, but I will say my 2022 gaming summed up in one word is reduced. The amount of games I was able to play this year was dramatically down from years past, even at the height of the pandemic. I got in COVID in end of March, and then developed long COVID since then. So just due to my health issues because of that, I have not been able to play my normal evening games or multiple evening games with my husband and have had a bow out of gaming days and other gaming activities with friends. So for me, it's been really reduced. I've still enjoyed all the gaming I've done, but that's what it is for me. So how about you, Justin? You have something more positive than that? Yeah, I feel a little bad uh, going right after you. I mean, for me, just uh, this particular year was just like a board game bonanza. Like, ultimately, I just feel really lucky to be able to, you know, play board games with so many different people and in all kinds of different settings. I mean, you know, I play with you guys. We play D&D. a bunch of other friends that I regularly game with. I, I don't do conventions too much, but I, you know, get some time playing games at Gamehole Con. Looking back, I just think I'm lucky to to be able to have that opportunity, and should really probably thank my wife for being as tolerant of my hobby as she is and letting me game as much as I have been this year. So thanks, Anna. 
I got a lot of gaming in this year, and I'm and I'm really thankful for it. Really, I think it was all of the in-person gaming. Yeah, it was. There's been so much of it. Whether it's been catching games of Batman or going to the conventions or all of the different uh, game nights we've hosted, or you know the the opportunities to actually get a chance to play a game with my wife when she's been feeling a little bit better. Those are all. It's just. That that type of in-person gaming is just what what really I think that pandemic shock of not having in-person gaming for as long as I as it was still puts a huge value to me for having those opportunities now to get back together uh, with friends around a tabletop and being able to play games whether it's one game in a night or two games in a night it doesn't matter just those opportunities to play those games it's just it's it's great. Right, uh, coming back to me, picking up off my whatever highlight of 2022. Kind of, I felt like the whole of my 2022 gaming just pretty much summed up with Batman. I think I had mi- played in like five Batman tournaments. We had regular nights at Noble Night every other week on the Mondays. I think I was at probably 99% of those almost. I feel like Batman play just kind of really defined my whole year. Um, just kind of been of a change looking back on it. Like since getting out of Warhammer Fantasy a number of years ago, it seemed like I was kind of dabbling in a you know a handful of different games here and there. But aside from we played, well, Ben and I attempted to play Bolt Action at a Depticon, you could call it. My main focus, like all year, was just Batman play. So I couldn't really choose anything else, but summing it up with that there's a lot of things that we accomplished in 2022 taking a look forward 2023 i think is going to be an amazing year not only for wisco dice but i think for all of us so what are we looking forward to when it comes to 2023 what's on that horizon that's going to show up and be super awesome or that we're most excited for there are, uh, for me, uh, there's a couple of Kickstarters that I'm really excited for um, that should be coming out next year. So Septima was one of the ones I backed that I'm pretty hyped about. Uh, and most recently, a game, again, from Fantasia Games, the makers of Endless Winter, is a game called Subconscious Mind, which is sort of a a game where you are a psychoanalyst analyzing people's dreams it's a strategy worker placement i don't know there's a lot going on i i it just looked really really cool so that's that's what i'm really excited about looks really neat and honestly just just excited to play more games and hang out with you guys and and just have an awesome year with more board games and and friends for me sticking with the batman trend like I think kind of, I don't know, maybe if it's a more of a goal than looking forward, it's kind of the same thing. But i um, been playing so much Batman. I'm kind of looking forward to, now that I have, you know, the, well, I think I should have the key concepts for the game down. I'm kind of really kind of excited to kind of branch out and kind of explore diversity in all the different crews and kind of play a number of more crews. I had mentioned that, I think I had played in like five tournaments. I think three of those five were all with League, and the majority of my year was playing League of Assassins. And then I 
jumped to Soldiers of Fortune for just a little bit, but I've kind of found kind of just getting over familiar with the crew really quickly, which kind of can lead to some frustration for myself, I seem to realize. So it's kind of fun to change it up a bit. So I'm kind of looking forward to the excitement of trying out a number of different crews as we go through the next year. Yeah, and kind of writing on that, uh, I'll say that uh, I'm most looking forward to growing the Batman Miniature Game community here in Madison, Wisconsin, and having more events of different variety, not just tournaments but uh, or demo events, but doing things like leagues and other uh, narrative events and other types of, ty- of events that I just couldn't do as an organizer previously just because when it's just two or three people that are making game nights it's just not enough to to really have a lot of flexibility or be able to put that extra flair on on the games so hopefully this year is going to be full of some more exciting events that'll get people excited about the game in new ways instead of just how many points can i score out of my deck or playing against the same person for with that plays roughly the same crew for the umpteenth billionth time. Uh, so I'm hoping to see a lot of that come to the table and get to, and people get to, to be more excited about the game that way and to continue to grow the community. So, so that we can continue to do and, and have those kind of things going on. Yeah, I can jump back in and double up on that. And especially really congrat. Well, I don't know, acknowledge your efforts, Ben and, like growing the community here it's been like super awesome just how it's kind of blown up in the, at the end of this year and i can see it getting a, a lot just keeping going all through the next year and it's gonna be pretty awesome and that's definitely what, what i'm looking forward to just having the more players and more events and everything here locally so thanks a lot for that so i am with all of you guys i want to play more games next year i'm hoping to do that i'm hoping to expand my knowledge and skills with the batman miniatures game which you know that's hopefully if i play even two more games than i did this year that'll happen (laughs) so but what i'm most looking forward to in 2023 is talking to more game creators whether it's publishers or game designers i have had a blast this year interviewing on the podcast and meeting them at conventions and talking with them and learning about their processes, what ideas they've got for games coming out. It gets me very excited about playing games. It gets me very excited about looking for new games and trying to follow the journeys of ones that, you know, we've talked to someone and her and seen how it's developed like earlier in this episode we talked with the creators of stifling dark and we've seen that game go from pretty bare bones now to something that looks really cool and i can't wait to play it so that's what i'm really looking forward to in 2023 is continuing that trend for me now let's go back a little bit and Ben, what was your biggest surprise in 2022? And it's got to be gaming-wise. Not the rest of your life we don't care about for this podcast. We just care about the gaming. <laughs> That's probably a good thing, because I think my life is gaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. So my biggest surprise was, and I don't think this is a surprise to 
probably anybody who's listened to me talk about this particular game previously, but that's going to be Ark Nova. And there's a little story about it because yeah, I knew Ark Nova was on a lot of people's radar and it was a very popular game and a lot of people were talking it up as it was starting to hit the the market and more and more people were getting copies. BK, the owner of Misty Mountain Games, reached out to me and was like, hey, I got the last copy of Ark Nova here. Have no idea when we're going to get a reprint. If you want it, I'll hold it for you until you can get here to pick it up. And I was like, do I really want this game? Sure, I'll come get it from you, BK. And Is that so really I went, how it went down? Yep. <laughs> okay. I, I really was. It really. I wasn't gonna buy this game. I was. It'd be like, yeah, I, I'm I sure somebody I else said, will get it. Go get it. it. Go get it. Go get it. So, anyways, I went and got it. We went and got it, and we brought it home. We played it, and I was absolutely floored at how good the game was. And I, I don't know. It, it. I don't think I've played it a dozen times yet this year, but. It was definitely one of those games that kept seeming to get to the table, and it was one of those games that after I played it, I immediately wanted to play it again, and I immediately wanted to play it again, and it was a game that there's very few games that do this for me that when I play it, I want to play it back-to-back, and I'll play it back-to-back even on the same day. And I still feel that way about this game. So, huge surprise for me game that really was not on my radar at all even though it probably should have been yeah absolutely arc nova that was my biggest surprise for the year i'd like to say my biggest surprise was that ben was not that interested in arc nova until we got it (laughs) (laughs) because that was a surprise for me but my biggest surprise was just seeing the number of Kickstarters I had backed probably since like 2019 that finally came. So all the shipping delays, all the other delays with COVID and whatnot, all these Kickstarters have just been coming in and it seems almost like every couple weeks I'm getting one. So I didn't feel like I backed that many, but clearly I did. And that was kind of my biggest surprise is that I had picked and researched all of these Kickstarters. And they're not all in yet. I still have a few that are coming from, I think, 2020 even. So so the biggest surprise size-wise for me was the size of the dang Everdell Complete Collection box. This <laughs> game. I, I love Everdell, and, I, and I'm so glad that, that I got a chance to, to get a copy of this Complete Collection. But it is just a ridiculously sized board game box. It's by far the largest one I have. <laughs> like, I don't know, a foot tall or something like that. I mean, it's definitely in that Gloomhaven territory size-wise. Uh, just bigger than I thought it was going to be. But really, uh, I, I think, you know, there's a game that uh, I got introduced to this year, a game series, uh, and that's the uh, that's Pretty Clever series. It's a roll-and-write game uh, with pretty simple dice mechanics, and uh, it's just sort of a uh, rolling dice and making these little combos and trying to get, you know, optimize them to get you know, like your highest score. And there's three different versions and they get kind of progressively more complex. But this game that I just really didn't know about, uh, I've heard of it, but had not any interest in or any exposure to, uh, I someone introduced it to me. I fell in love with it. I brought it home. 
my wife loves it. Like it just became a family hit for us. My my daughter plays it. We can all play together. Yeah, it, it was just one that just came out of came out of nowhere for me. A, a cool little roll and write, and there's you know three different versions you can play. Yeah, so just a nice little surprise for for the year. With that, I think that covers all of our 2022. I will just note a couple of things here at this point i've played over 410 games in 2022 i think that's on close to if not exceeds my count for last year so that's awesome that is a lot of gaming on the sides of crowdfunding i must be an addict because i think i have over 20 crowdfunding games that I still haven't received (laughs) that I'm waiting for or that I backed in 2022. So I might be a little bit of an addict there. So cover your ears, Suzanne. I I don't think I can say anything with how many I said I've been too many to count. I've been coming in. So The, the amazing thing is we haven't backed the same one. Yes, we do coordinate that pretty well. All right. So with that, uh, this is this has been our year in 2022. Of course, it was great catching up uh, one more time with the sophisticated service games crew talking about the stifling dark. You can go ahead and make sure that if you didn't back it during the original campaign, it's not too late to be a late backer. Just go ahead and go to our show notes and click the link to get you to the appropriate place where you can uh, late back this game and get your, make sure that you get yourself a copy when it hits, uh, when it ships in about a year or so. Of course, then we touch base with our, with the news and a number of announcements that are going on for the Wisco Dice family. And of course we caught up on a couple of amazing games that we've been playing lately in ultimate railroads and endless winter. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave a review of this show wherever your favorite place is to find podcasts. Oh, and by the way, give us a like on our Facebook page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest while you're at it. If you haven't looked recently, make sure you catch up on the blog at wiscodice.com. Hey, Brian, what's that site? Oh, darn. I forget. Uh, Justin, what's our website again? Wiscodice.com. That's right, it's whiskodice.com. And until next time, everyone, peace out.